This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. You can find the link for Dancing You Yarns shop at nevernotknitting.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 18. Thanks to all of you who have gotten in touch with me recently and who have joined the Never Not Knitting listeners group on Ravelry. It's great to meet all of you. Thank you. Remember how last episode I didn't have much knitting to talk about? Well, this episode I'm making up for it. I almost have too much to talk about. I've been knitting so, so much. First of all, I finished my Sienna cardigan. Finally! It was so stupid of me to let it sit for such a long time. I was just convinced that the thing was not going to fit me, that it would look stupid, and that it was ugly. But it's really none of those things. It turned out really good. Strangely enough, it totally fits me. I can even wear it buttoned. Surprising, right? This yarn expanded tremendously in the blocking process. What a relief. So I have to tell you, I'm, well, mostly happy with the outcome of the Sienna cardigan. There's only one tiny thing that I wished I would have done differently. With this sweater, I kind of went crazy with the waist shaping. The pattern originally calls for no waist shaping at all. The Sienna cardigan is just a plain, straight up and down sweater. From my experience with fitted straight sweaters, I've noticed that they have a tendency to ride up with wear and just don't lay nicely, especially when they have a fitted rib section on the bottom, like the Sienna cardigan. It seems like as you're walking and moving, that ribbing slowly slides up your waist and you have to keep pulling it down to keep it where it should be. The thought of that happening with my Sienna cardigan really bothered me. So that's when I decided to try to be clever and modify the pattern to include waist shaping. Lots of waist shaping. Tons of waist shaping. I was so concerned with making a defined, indented waist in my straight up and down sweater that I overlooked one tiny thing. I myself don't have much of a waist. At all. When I put on the finished sweater, it's kind of strange. It's on the side, there's these strange puckers and bumps. If I had a curvier figure with larger hips and a smaller waist, it would fit awesomely. But turns out, I'm a pretty straight up and down girl. So the Sienna cardigan in its original state probably would have been a better fit for me. The sides bug me, yes, but not enough to disassemble the entire thing and re-knit the two fronts. No way. I'm just happy to have it done and everyone I show the waist malfunction to claims that it's hardly noticeable, so I'm just gonna believe them and go with that. I posted the pictures of the finished sweater on my blog and on Ravelry if you'd like to see it. 
Also over the past few weeks, I knit a chicken. Yeah, an orange and pink striped chicken out of Blue Sky Alpaca's organic dyed cotton. The pattern, you've probably seen it because I just keep seeing it pop up everywhere, is called Knit Chickens and it's by Susan B. Anderson and it's sold through the Blue Sky Alpaca Company. This pattern is so super cute. I immediately loved it as soon as I saw it. The pattern includes three different sizes and three different chicken styles. They're all really funky and whimsical, and I love them because they're all really plump and have a lot of character. The pattern includes options for you to make either a striped version, a polka dotted version, or a version that you can embellish with flowers. So fun. I knit up the smallest size and I'm going to make more so that I can have a chicken family. For my chicken, I made a few modifications. This particular chicken is a female, so I skipped the instructions for the tail feathers. And I also sewed on felt eyes instead of an embroidered eye like the pattern called for. I've used felt eyes on several of the toys I've made for my daughter, the knitted babes and also the horse. And I really like the look. It kind of brings more life to the doll. I also embroidered eyelashes because, after all, the chicken is a girl. And my daughter loves her chicken. But she won't stop incessantly asking me where the daddy chicken is. So I guess we know what I'll be knitting next. Okay, so aside from my normal work knitting, I completed my sienna cardigan and knit a chicken all in the last couple weeks. That's a lot, right? But wait, there's actually more. I also started another sweater for myself. I loved the cotton yarn that I knit the chicken out of so much that I decided that I really needed a sweater out of it as well. I chose the Something Red sweater by Knit and Tonic and I'm knitting it in the tomato colorway, just like the picture. I really like this sweater. It's really simple and cute. It's a top-down raglan construction with a deep V-neck. It has three-quarter sleeves and a large rib section on the bottom. And of course, it's a cardigan because I love cardigans. Sometimes I really hate knitting projects like this, plain stockinette stitch sweaters, but right now I am loving it. With all of the design work and test knitting I'm doing, it feels so good to sit down and knit something relatively mindless. It's also a great car project because I don't have to worry about looking at any instructions or taking a lot of things with me. I've done a good amount on the sweater. I'm almost done with the yoke. I'm about ready to divide for the sleeves. And I'm so super excited about it being done so that I can wear it. I don't own a good red cardigan, so it'll be a great wardrobe addition. And it's so soft. I'm hoping that since it's 100% cotton, I can use it in the evenings for a while, at least through the spring season. Okay, so just to recap, since I last recorded two weeks ago, besides my work knitting, I have finished a sweater, knit a chicken, and started a sweater. Wow, now that's a lot. But there still is more. In one week, 
while knitting on other projects. I designed and knit a top for my daughter. And I even wrote up the pattern. Okay, so I know what you must be thinking here. That my house must be a disaster, my laundry is piled up to the ceiling, and that all I do is sit on my butt all day and knit from morning to night. No, I promise, it's not exactly like that. I just take advantage of any spare moment to get knitting done, and I tell you, you can get a lot accomplished that way, even with a three-year-old living in your house. Also, I stay up till like 2 a.m. every night, so that helps too. But anyways, about this new design, I'm really excited about it. It's called Spring Garden Tea, and I knit it out of Rowan Calmer, which is one of my new favorite yarns. It's a cute little springtime top, knit from the top down in one piece, and it's pretty basic, except for the sleeves, which are cute, lacy, fluttery little cap sleeves that add such a sweet feminine touch. It was so fun to knit, and fast, as you can tell, and the size 2 that I knit took a very small amount of yarn, less than two balls of Rowan Calmer. I've posted pictures up of the Spring Garden Tea on Ravelry and on my blog, and by the time this podcast airs, the pattern should be available for purchase. And this, my friends, completes the knitting rundown for the last two weeks. Wow. I knit a lot. How did I get all of this done? How much do I knit anyways? I might have to examine that a bit more. I guess that this podcast is called Never Not Knitting for a reason. Now it's time for me to bring on the product reviews. This episode, I will be reviewing Blue Sky Alpacas Organic Dyed Cotton, the yarn that I'm using right now on my knit chickens and the Something Red sweater. Let me start off by saying, I love this yarn. It is surprisingly, wonderfully soft. It's put up in 100 gram skeins of 150 yards, and it knits up to about four to five stitches to the inch on a size seven to nine needle. So it's a nice worsted to Aran weight. This yarn is 100% cotton, and although I'm not usually a fan of 100% cotton, this is spun up wonderfully. It's a lofty two-ply yarn, so it's really squishy and nice. It seems like a lot of the 100% cotton yarns on the market have lots and lots of tiny plies, making them really splitty and difficult to work with. But this yarn, however, isn't splitty in the least. I also like that it's 100% organically grown cotton. This yarn I'm using is dyed, but you can also get the organic undyed version of this yarn, and that's available in the naturally occurring shades. I was perusing the project pages on Ravelry, looking at all the projects made from this yarn, and there are tons of great patterns available. For instance, there is a super cute cropped eyelet cardigan that I love called Eyelet Cardigan by Allison Williams. 
and my size takes only four skeins. It's very, very tempting, I must say. There are also two other designs by Wendy Bernard from Knit and Tonic using the dyed cotton. I guess she really likes this yarn. Those designs are Tomato from the book No Sheep for You and also Flare, which is available on Ravelry. I love Flare. It is so cute. It's a three-quarter length sleeved flared cardigan with an off-centered button band and a high neckline. Very fashion forward, very chic. I really like it. Because this yarn is a super soft 100% cotton, it's also great for kids and babies. If you have a baby to knit for, you really should check out the pattern Baby Bolero by Lee Radford out of the book One Skein. It's a cute, really, really tiny little baby sweater that only takes one skein of the dyed cotton. This project would be a great way to try out this yarn because it wouldn't be a big investment. Also, besides the Knit Chickens pattern, there are two more adorable toy patterns available. Baby Bobby Bear, which is a teddy bear pattern, as I'm sure you could guess, and also One Fish, Two Fish, which is a cute stuffed fish pattern. There is so much more. I could go on, but for the sake of time, and at the risk of boring you to tears, I'll stop here and let you check out the rest of the patterns for yourself. I'll put a link in the show notes to all the patterns I've just mentioned. But as you can tell, this is a really versatile yarn in a versatile weight that could suit itself to a variety of designs. Yet again, Dancing You Yarns is generously providing a discount of 20% off and free shipping on the dyed cotton for all listeners of this podcast. If you'd like to give this yarn a try, just go to my blog, click on the link for Dancing You Yarns, and in the checkout process, enter in the promotional code NNK1. This offer is only available for the month of May and is exclusive to the Never Not Knitting podcast listeners and blog readers. Also, I have a new podcast drawing to announce. Everyone who leaves a comment under the show notes for episode 18 on my blog will be entered to win the Knit Chickens pattern as well as enough yarn to make your very own chicken. You have until May 14th to enter the drawing and I'll be choosing randomly and announcing the winner in the next episode. This episode, I'm pleased to share a knitting story sent in by a listener of this podcast, Barbara Pomer, or BDP Knits on Ravelry. And this is her story of The Murphy's Law Felted Clogs. I was never the most adventurous of knitters. I initially learned from my mother when I was a child, but gave it up because I was completely incapable of fixing my own mistakes. As I approached my 50th birthday about three years ago, I caught the knitting bug again and decided that if I really learned to knit this time, I would surely open up some new pathways in my menopausal brain. So I found a friend to cast on for me and refresh my memory regarding the knit stitch, then happily cranked out around 50 garter stitch scarves for everyone that I knew. I was so proud to make one for my friend Jackie as her 50th birthday gift, and everything was going great until the final cast-off stitch, where I somehow did something wrong, and all that fun fur. Okay guys, stop thinking nasty thoughts, 
It was cute and red, and I thought my friend would like it. Um, as I was saying, all that fun fur started to unravel. Of course, it was the very day of her birthday when this occurred, so I gave it to her in its partially unraveled state, immediately asked for it back, and took it to one of my mentors to fix. At that point, embarrassment kicked in, and I felt that I was imposing too much on my friends and needed to take a knitting class and learn to be a knitter with a capital K. I enrolled in a great pick-your-own-project class at our local yarn store and decided to make a felted pocketbook. I learned how to pick up stitches, increase, and make I-cord. Then I progressed to hats, where I was introduced to double-pointed needles and decreasing. I then made hats for all the men in the family and knitted more purses, scarves, and other one-skein accessory-type projects. During this time, I discovered a wonderful thing called eBay and the fabulous yarn finds that were available for a lot less money than I was shelling out in my neighborhood store. I would happily search for huge lot of yarn and see what would appear. Once there was a gigantic offering of a ton of 100% wool, most of it lamb's pride, so I kept on bidding until I won the auction. I'll get back to the lamb's pride a little later, but suffice it to say that my yarn stash was growing at an alarming rate. About two years after I had begun knitting again, someone told me about a knitting podcast called Stash and Burn. The title spoke to me for obvious reasons. I remember we were on a skiing vacation, and since I don't ski, I spent the days happily knitting while listening to episode after episode on my iPod. One of those podcasts mentioned something called Ravelry, so I requested an invitation, joined, and then my knitting life truly began to change. I got my projects organized, photographed, and uploaded, and started checking out the project pages of tons of other Ravelers, as well as reading the forums to try and self-educate a bit. I will concede that my knitting improved somewhat over the course of the next year, but I had never made a sweater, sock, done color work, or really tried anything remotely complicated. You see, I discovered that I have this little problem with reading instructions. I remember taking sewing lessons when I was young, feeling totally frustrated with each and every lesson, and finally stopping when I put a zipper in backwards. But back to the knitting. Sometimes when I would read a new pattern, I would honestly feel like the instructions were written in Greek. I think I have some kind of knitting instruction comprehension ability nerve synapse missing in my brain. But I kept telling myself, I have a master's degree. I can figure this stuff out. Meanwhile, my husband Ed had seen a picture of someone's Fiber Trends felted clogs, and he kept hinting broadly that he sure would like to have a pair of those slippers. Now remember, I had never done a short row or made any kind of footwear, but I saw on Ravelry that well over 3,000 people had made these things, so really, how hard could they be? And I truly wanted to surprise my husband with this gift. So I bought the pattern and read everything I could about the clogs in preparation for venturing into new territory. Then it was time to select the yarn I was going to use. Remember my gigantic Lamb's Pride acquisition? Well, I had a lot of gray and a huge ball of a pretty bright green, so I chose those colors, read the instructions about a jillion times, tried to translate them into English in my poor challenged mind, and cast on. The timing was actually good, because my husband had gone camping with some friends, so I had two days of uninterrupted time to knit when he couldn't see what I was working on. And here's where that expression about anything that could go wrong did go wrong. In case any of you are not familiar with the felted clogs, they are usually made in two colors, 
one for the sole and one for the top of the clog. If you take a quick look at one, wouldn't you think that more yarn was required for the top than the sole? The sole looked tiny. Well, that's what I thought. So I used the wrong color for the sole, reread the instructions, realized that I was going to have to make two soles per clog, and therefore ripped out the first sole. I had originally planned to make the soles green and the body of the clog gray, but I convinced myself that the sole actually looked better in gray as I re-knitted it. Then I double-stranded the bright green per the instructions and laboriously worked my way through the top of the clog. I was actually proud of myself because the whole short row thing wasn't as bad as I'd feared and the clock was looking pretty good. However, after completing the top and cuff of clog number one, I took a good look at the remaining green yarn and started to get that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that you get when you know you are not going to have enough yarn to complete your project. I tried and tried to convince myself that it was going to be okay, but after some major soul searching, I acknowledged the fact that I had to get my hands on some more green yarn. No problem, I told myself. I went to the three local yarn stores in our area, and there was lots of green lamb's pride, but nothing even remotely close to the green that I had. And you know how different colors of green can really clash? Ugh. But being the persevering type, I decided to post in the yarn form of Ravelry. I took a picture of the clog and begged for a random skein which matched. I received lots of very kind, helpful responses, but absolutely no one had the color I needed. It had obviously been discontinued years ago. So I had no choice but to rip out the entire top of the clog and begin again. Oh yes, did I mention that when my husband returned from his camping trip, he was feeling a little neglected by my lack of attention to him and said something like, you've had the entire weekend to do what you wanted and you're too busy to talk to me? Um, let's just say it wasn't pretty. After I'd reached the acceptance stage of the green yarn situation, I found a nice shade of green Taki Donegal tweed in my stash, which I could strand with the lamb's pride, felted a test swatch, which I thought looked nice, and proceeded to begin again. Things were going along swimmingly until I got to the bumper part of the clog. Again, for those of you unfamiliar with the pattern, there are several options for joining the second sole to the first but I thought the bumper made the shoe look, well, more clog-like. Unsurprisingly, the instructions at this point were a little unclear to me. However, I soldiered on and joined the two soles. But wait, didn't it look like the bumper was inside the two soles instead of outside? No, that wasn't possible. I was sure that the pattern was meant to work that way. So I made the second clog, completed the join of the two soles, had one moment of absolute pride when I thought I had completed my first really challenging project, then took a good look at the clogs. Oh no. Could it be? No. Yes. One clog had the bumper between the two soles, and the other was resting nicely on the outside where it belonged. Do I need to tell you how sick I felt? As it turned out, I had to interrupt my knitting efforts to have some unexpected surgery. But the day after I got home from the hospital, when I was supposed to be resting and recuperating, I once again ripped off the offending sole, re-knit it, and made what actually turned out to be a matching set of bumpers. When I tell you that it probably took me 50 hours to make these stupid shoes, I am not exaggerating. Then I would read on Ravelry how someone had made 20 pairs. How was that possible? Oh well, 
My story has a happy ending. My husband was completely delighted with his clogs and has worn them every single day since I gave them to him in December. He reminds me of Mr. Rogers on TV. You know, the children's show host who used to take off his jacket and change into his cardigan as soon as he walked into the room. My husband comes home from work and puts on those green slippers and says that his feet have never felt more comfortable. Do you think Bev Galeskis and the Fiber Trends people would mind if I renamed their pattern the Murphy's Law Felted Clogs? Thanks so much, Barbara, for sharing your clog story on the podcast. If you'd like to see a picture of the Murphy's Law Felted Clogs, I'll be posting a link to Barbara's Ravelry Projects page in the show notes of this podcast. If you listening have a knitting story that you'd like to share on the podcast, please get in touch with me. I'm always looking for future stories to share. Just to remind everybody, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to episode 18. I'll see you next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband
has been mad or mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.